Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Welcome into Bet the Edge on this Monday. Thanks for starting your week with us. He is Drew Densick. I'm Sarah Perlman. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I know that I did not have as good as a weekend as our guy Scotty Scheffler. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, coming up on the podcast, Drew and I are going to look back on the crazy weekend in Augusta. We're going to set the stage for the NBA playoffs now that the matchups are officially set. And Corey Parson is going to join the show shortly. He'll break down the Western Conference play-in games in the NBA, as well as dig into some NFL draft markets, including which team could draft Malik Willis. And of course, if you want to hear our edge of the day, stick around till the end of the show. We have that and so much more coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, I mentioned I'm not as good as Scotty Scheffler, but I hope you are. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. It was a fun, entertaining Masters. Uh, just in awe, impressed about what uh, Scheffler was able to do, putting together four superlative rounds. Really never saw a crack in his game. Uh, that was as, you know, it, we, we see some, uh, some guys emerge and, uh, you know, take the world golf number one ranking and then, you know, never really realize the potential for him to come in as world number one in his first tournament and win the green jacket. And his first major was unbelievably impressive. Uh, there's just not a ton of other uh, analogs to this. I guess if you go back to like 1992, Freddie Couples did something similarly where he took over the world golf number one ranking after a couple golfers. wins, right? five golfers um, in the history that have been ranked number one entering the Masters and went on to win. But you're right. Fred Couples is one. Tiger Woods did it one time. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler, the fifth ever to do that. So it's extremely impressive in the run he's on winning all four of these PGA titles. And I don't know, 57 days I saw the money <laughs> he's got. I mean, it's been outstanding. It's also crazy to think that he did not he did not win an event in the first 70 events in the PGA Tour and then rips off four. So I didn't bet Scotty Scheffler. I wish I did. The odds certainly uh, shortened rather quickly. I don't know if you were following just the live odds. Of course you were, but everyone watching was. He was plus 100 after round two to win. He was minus 225 after round three. He got as low as minus 110 to win after hole two in the final round. It was it was pretty spectacular, even just early on, though the books catching on to what he was doing and shortening those odds so quickly. Yeah, no no doubt. And uh, he had the disadvantage wave uh, yeah. in terms of having to go out in the Friday afternoon conditions. And all he did was score. <laughs> he went nuclear, uh, you know, goes into the weekend with a five-stroke lead. Uh, at that point, you, I was surprised they weren't even more favorable. I was making him about a 55, 60% chance to win at that point. They were still hanging about even odds for him. But um, it has been a miraculous rise. As If you go back to, say, when he won his first uh, title this season mm -hmm. at the Waste Management Open, you could have still gotten him decent. You know, People were taking decent bets at that time for the Masters. You could have gotten Scotty Scheffler in the 40-1 to 1 ballpark. 
that shortened into the teens before we, you know, this particular tournament started. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been one way action. And uh, honestly, like, if you have the kind of intestinal fortitude to be able to win your first ever major at Augusta, uh, you know, you have a, a long and fruitful career ahead of you, obviously. Well, listen, you were really busy over the weekend, of course, betting the Masters, Calcutta, and now in college basketball prior to that. And now as we look at the NBA play-in games, your specialty, now that they're set, has anything started to stand out to you? We're going to break down these games sure. in a minute, of course, and some of the plays. But your overall consensus when you saw how the NBA format and everything's breaking. Yeah, so three teams I thought got pretty lucky. Uh, and we'll start with our sons. Suns, obviously, the number one overall seed. I was curious at how the 4-5 was going to shake out because I'd like the Suns to have a relatively soft round two and kind of be full strength, you know, and the rested team for the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and that looks to be the case. I mean, the <laughs> Mavericks and the Jazz as your 4-5s, uh, obviously, if the Mavericks were 100% full, full health, full strength, they're a little bit of a tougher out. But um, with Luka Doncic picking up an injury yesterday, that was a, you know, a blow to their playoff hopes. And uh, really, the Suns now in outstanding position to capture the Western Conference. And then the other team in the West that I thought was a huge benefit to their seeding was the Warriors. Now, the Warriors have drifted in price from about plus 190 at the All-Star break to 4-1 to one now. Um, but they're in that cluster of, uh, you know, two, seven, three, six, where they would avoid the Suns until the Western Conference Finals. And I think we're pretty clearly on a collision course between the Suns and the Warriors in the West based on the way the seeding shook out. The other team that obviously, and this goes without saying because they're the one seed in the East, but um, but boy, oh boy, did the karma gods really do the Miami Heat a solid. Um, I'm assuming that the Nets ultimately win tomorrow, right. even though the Not edge of the day will discuss that a little bit. You have to hope. That's the yeah, we have to hope that the Nets ultimately slide into the seventh seed, that they get it, at least get it done at home in the play-in game tomorrow. Um, but if they do, then all of a sudden the Miami Heat are on the half of the bracket in the Eastern Conference with no one else that really scares you. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers have exposed themselves as frauds to a degree this, uh, totally. you know, this last couple of weeks on top of the fact that Toronto clearly doesn't have the depth of the strength to go head to head with the likes of the Heat and is not a great matchup for the Heat either. So um, really the Heat in a very, very strong place to be hosting the Eastern Conference finals the way the seating shook out. Out of all of the things you just said and processing it, the one thing that stood out is that you're this much closer to your son's tattoo, and that's all I could think about, Drew. <laughs> Listen up, people. We have a special programming note for our listeners. Friday, we're teaming up with our Round Ball Stew crew to provide, uh, excuse me, to preview the NBA playoffs. Drew and Von Delzell will join host Corey Parson to break down every aspect of the postseason with Matt Strout, Steve Alexander, and Raphael Johnson. We'll also get insight from the team insiders around the league and hear how the book is taking action as points bet head trader Jerry Coucher is also going to join the show. So tune in at noon Eastern. Um, on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel to watch live, or you can check out the audio version if you miss it live on Friday in the Roundball Stew or Bet the Edge feed wherever you find your podcast. Let's continue discussing the NBA and get into the playoffs with our guy, Corey Parson, repping the Yankees hat this morning. Corey, what's going on? What's up, Sarah? What's up, Drew? You know, I'm interested. Well, I'm looking forward to that show coming up this week because I've heard some of Drew's uh, thoughts just now on the Heat and the Suns. And as you can imagine, I disagree. So it should oh. be good. It should be full. You two, you two go head to head more often than not. So I look forward to listening 
to that broadcast and watching live on Friday. Now, let's break down some of the games, particularly in the Western Conference. We'll begin with a play-in game with the Clippers taking on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are laying three right now. The total's 230. Of course, this game tomorrow. Right now, I look and 92% of the handle at points, but coming in on the underdog, on the Clippers, they're on the road. What do you think about this game? Do you like the side or the total here, Corey? Yeah, I like I, I like I like the money line with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm glad to see the Clippers are trending right now as an underdog because that's exactly the spot that I want them in and I want to be in. This Minnesota Timberwolves team is a feisty bunch. Anthony Edwards stepping up, playing good ball this year. Carl Anthony Towns, clearly one of the best players in the league as an all-star. Pat Beverly being on this team also gives them a little bit of edge and some spunk. The Clippers have played that way the whole season long, and obviously getting Paul George back is a big help. But when you look at Minnesota this season, their home court has been very good to them. They've been dominant there, particularly as a home favorite, 21-6 and six on the money line on the year as a home favorite. So I think it's a tough call. I think it's a good one. I think we're going to get a real treat in our first Western Conference playing game this season. But I look for the Minnesota Timberwolves to probably get about a two- to three-point victory. Could be an overtime game. But I like the Timberwolves to go ahead and get the win. Yeah, that sounds about right to me as well. Timberwolves are a very, very dangerous team in a, in a one-and-done setting, especially uh, particularly with their ability to just absolutely explode offensively, whereas the Clippers, they rely on the three, and that can be volatile. So uh, interesting uh, matchup in that game. Uh, the other Western Conference play, and we're going to get the 9-10 matchup between the Pelicans and the Spurs. Now, about two weeks ago, Pelicans were one of the hottest teams in the NBA, but they really were not all that impressive or you know really you know cohesive down the stretch it felt like meanwhile the spurs come in uh you know bringing a, a pretty impressive record these last month of play um do you think the spurs have a realistic shot of ending the pelicans uh you know dream end to the season yeah i think they have a realistic shot i like them on the spread and i like them on the money line as well i think the spurs are going to win this game in advance to get a chance to play for that eighth seed in the western conference and you know drew you mentioned how they've played recently one thing about these Greg Popovich-led teams is they tend to get better as the season goes on. So really you see what coaches do. You teach, and you teach, and the team eventually gets better. That's exactly what we're seeing from the Spurs as we come down the stretch of the season. The Pelicans have did have their points throughout the season where they look good, but um, the Spurs are going to win this game right here. I love seeing them as a five-point dog. I like them on the money line in this one. Uh, San Antonio, 24-16 ATS and one on the road this year. Um, they've won five of their last seven road games. So going on the road, it's not like New Orleans has this big home field advantage. So going on the road to uh, New Orleans, I think it's going to be a good spot for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, do we have any uh, – what, what's Zion's status for this for this game? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think he's looking to go. Not uh, expecting to see Zion. The, uh, oh, okay. the most recent matchup, Spurs came out on top. That was uh, March 28th. Spurs won 107 to 103. They did win a six-point underdogs in New Orleans, so very similar to this spot where they're five-point underdogs on the road. So this is interesting. So you like the Spurs. They're plus 750 to make the playoffs. No, minus 1250. Obviously, the Pelicans are plus 290, and it, it matches up with the spreads of these two play-in games. Does the miss-make market uh, intrigue you over at points bet? There's quite a few teams yeah. you can get some good plus money on, and, of course, the Spurs being one. This is, a, in my opinion, this is a mistake with them <laughs> being plus 750 to make the playoffs because when they play the Clippers for the eighth seed, you're basically going to have them at plus 750 to beat the Clippers, which is not something that they possibly can't do. I think the Clippers do go ahead and make the playoffs as the eighth seed, but there's no way I can pass that up sitting out there at plus 750 
for a one-game shot. So I would take the Spurs at plus 750 to make the playoffs. I think the Clippers are, you know, the safe way to go. But I'm always going to dangle that carrot out there. You never know what could happen in that one-game well, situation. Corey, I'll, I'll tell you this now. 82% of the handle is coming in on the Clippers to not make the playoffs. Interesting. So people don't wow. agree, people are not on the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if that's if that's the case, then then you really you correlate that Clippers three ten with that spur with that Spurs seven fifty, and you can have a nice start to the playoffs. So you can put some bread on the Memphis Grizzlies to win the Western Conference. Oh wow! Okay, so I see where, I see where you're going there. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're. I would be surprised if you have a you know. Let's say it is Clippers Spurs in the uh, in the final game for the eighth seed in the West. I make that like Clippers minus three and a half. I don't I think, think you're going to get close to plus seven fifty. I think on yeah. the money line they're going to be plus two fifty ish. So yeah, uh, yeah. So you get a huge you get a huge chunk of equity. If the Spurs beat the Pelicans, and I think you've made a pretty strong case, I tend to agree with you. Um, what do you make of the uh, the current uh, NFL draft marketplace? Uh, it's you know we now that the Masters is in the books, college basketball is over. A lot of attention will be turned to the NFL draft over the next couple of weeks, and it does feel like there is a shift in the market, both for the number one overall seed Walker uh, starting to pick up a ton of steam for the first overall, and then the second overall seed is a huge question mark because the Detroit Lions need everything, and they could go in pretty much any direction. Um, yeah. How do you view these top two picks the way we sit here today? Uh, interesting. I kind of uh, trust the Hutchinson thing to go one. I do think Trayvon Walker is going to be the second pick of the draft to the Detroit Lions. I think with the Lions, you see a team that want to build those trenches, the great pick and Sewell last year. And as far as I'm concerned, when I saw Walker on the field this year, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is clearly somebody that's going to be a dominant player in the NFL um, with Trayvon Walker. So I think, you listen, you got a team that's going to build in the trenches – I think Trayvon Walker is going to be the best at that position when they pick or the second pick in the draft. A lot of people see the Lions going quarterback here. I don't think that's the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've got issues at quarterback, obviously. I'm not sure if this is really going to be a great quarterback draft. You know, you guys mentioned becoming the Masters. We had the NCAA tournament. We got the NBA playoffs. This is considered the offseason in sports betting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is a hell of an offseason. We'll be just starting to get into the uh, – turn the page to the NFL draft now, but I do like the fact that I think Trayvon Walker as the second pick is something that I would jump on. Yeah, this is going to be interesting just because, as Drew noted, the Lions need to fill so many gaps and where they go with that number two pick. Uh, I haven't placed a bet on this, but certainly Dan Campbell, we know he's going to try to bolster this defense any way he can. But it leads me to the quarterback discussion because the Lions certainly could take a quarterback here to try to get better for the next year if he's not going to start with Jared Goff. They could certainly look that way, and that leads me to Malik Willis. There's been a lot of love for Malik Willis and then where he can go, and certainly a few teams stand out and and teams of need that need a quarterback carolina detroit seattle there's so many so where do you think malik willis ends up oh this is interesting he's definitely going to be one of the prospects that's going to be spoken about a lot these next couple of weeks if we lead up to the nfl draft oh my god i think detroit's out the mix people looking at the carolina panthers and i'm mm-hmm. like boy i tell you what he cannot mess that up matt rule if matt rule goes and takes <laughs> willis and willis does not play or does not play well then matt rule's going to be looking for a job he could be back in or the Big 12 coaching or the season after. But who I think has the the ability to draft a quarterback and and, and use him to, to come up and has kind of the cachet to do that, I think it's the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So I look at where they're picking at. I think the Steelers are in that mix too. 
But I look at where the Steelers, I mean, where the Seahawks are picking at, obviously not having Russell Wilson, quarterback issues going into the season. And, you know, Willis, don't get me wrong, Wilson is not, I can't compare Willis as a prospect to Wilson, but they do all about the same in height. It is the kind of quarterback that Carroll is used to working with. So I can see Seattle uh, taking the Liberty quarterback when they get up uh, to make their pick. Yeah, and I could certainly even have a say in over two and a half quarterbacks being drafted in the first round and how that plays out as well. Drew, do you have any thoughts on Malik Willis and where he may end up? I really have not been able to find a home for him. Ultimately, it sounds like the Steelers are a solid bet that uh, that, that is a marriage that could potentially yeah. happen. Uh, and, you know, if if Willis slides out of the top 10, then landing at the Steelers is, uh, I think, the right the right look. Yeah, right now, as you say, that Steelers plus 350, that's the most bet at points bet where Malik Willis will end up. And then the Saints, 10 to 1, the biggest liability, thinking the Saints going to drop to quarterback there. Corey's on Twitter. If you're not following him already at the Fantasy Exact, be sure to check out more of his NBA handicap on our website. Awesome content there in picks, NBCSportsEdge.com. Corey, thank you. Hey, thanks a lot. Y'all have a good week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited, must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-5 3500 in Virginia, 8778 Hope NY, or text Hope NY 467-369 in New York. www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. 
A programming reminder for you. Don't forget about our Bet the Edge Game Time show this week, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Drew and I are going to get you armed with all the last-minute insight, information, and trends you'll need to make your wagers right before the games begin. So make sure to check it out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Absolutely. And uh, if you haven't already caught wind, uh, for whatever reason, uh, we have incredible karma going. We, we are we have we have been uh, absolutely white hot winners only Wednesdays. Winners uh, only and, Wednesdays. Uh, you know, I think uh, the fact that we have NBA playoffs to, to discuss uh, it makes it that much more fun. I can't wait to pick your brain about all the NBA looks for Wednesday. I'm going to have to give out some plays as well. Um, I move a lot right? That's a known thing. People probably see me with 1,000 different backgrounds. But on Wednesday, my Wi-Fi and my condo is going to be set up, everyone. So yeah, see where Sarah broadcasting from. Jason, I'm everywhere. It's it's my dedication to the show that's keeping me going from all these different <laughs> locations uh, because I love working with everyone. But yeah, this is my 30th different location I've done Bet the Edge from. My condo is getting Wi-Fi up right now. Nonetheless, I'll be there uh, on Wednesday. So excited for that show. But couldn't come on the show, couldn't miss the show today, rather, Drew, and miss your pick and edge of the day. Where are we going? Well, uh, there is one game that stands out on the card for me tomorrow uh, that I want to talk about today. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to have picks on both games, but we'll get one out of the way today, and it's going to be a side in the Cleveland-Brooklyn matchup. So right now, you can find consensus odds about eight and a half plus eight and a half, two for Cleveland. I think that's somewhat favorable. Now, are the Nets a good enough team that they could ultimately ship the East? Yes. Are they uh, a team that deserves eight and a half points of respect against a Cleveland team that has a couple of uh, you know wrinkles that make it tough to prepare for? Uh, I would say absolutely they're going to have a, t- a tough battle on their hands. Realistically, uh, the Nets have given up uh, far, far, far too many easy looks. Uh, and there are some signs in that first three quarters of the Friday matchup between the Nets and the Cavaliers. I was watching very, very closely there. Ultimately, Cleveland called off the dogs uh, in the fourth quarter and Brooklyn cruised to an 11-point win. That market closed eight and a half, and realistically, Cleveland was getting Evan Mobley's legs back under him. Darius Garland, obviously, is still an extremely dangerous threat that the uh, Nets do not have a good, solid matchup for. Kevin Love is a tough matchup for them coming off of the bench. So uh, I think that... uh, the Nets Cavs game is going to come down to the end of the fourth quarter. You're going to see possessions slow down a little bit. And I think that this comes in uh, at around a two, uh, two score game. So I would have made this one about five to six points uh, in favor of the Nets. And the fact that you're getting eight and a half, and that's basically telling you that you need, you know, the, the Nets to blow them out. Uh, I'm just not seeing it. I think this is going to be a, a dog fight down to the wire and I'll take the points with the dog. I have a play on this game. I'm going to get to that in a second. And the props weren't up yet. I'm excited for when those do open up, hopefully tonight or tomorrow morning for this game. You mentioned, and it's part of my cap for the total in a second, these two teams played on Friday. From a side perspective and your model perspective, I'm curious how that affects this number because you essentially make your own odds like an odds maker, right, with your model. How does that recent play go into your model for this number to get eight and a half because they were just eight point favorites. The Nets were now they're eight and a half. Yeah. So I'm mostly looking at kind of player form more so than I'm looking at uh, team form this mm-hmm. time of year. And you have to, because over the last month, if you're just looking at team level data from all-star break till now, like the player availability and like who was actually like playing uh, you know, playoff quality basketball is tough to really, you know, sort through all of that noise. And, Probably uh, on top of the fact that Kyrie couldn't even play home games for a bit. I mean, there's so many things. Sure. 
Sure. That yeah, absolutely great point. I, I, I you have there is so much data cleaning uh, that goes into evaluating the uh, team level data you have. So you almost have to go with player level data. Uh, thankfully, there are a lot of free resources out there that give you a pretty strong kind of correctly time uh, weighted uh, player level uh, performance uh, values. And you know, so I'm looking mostly at a composite of player level considering. Uh, you know, what I think is a reasonable projection or expectation for how many minutes guys are going to get. You know, a couple important things to also consider as we pivot from regular season to playoff season is the rotations are going to change. Uh, yeah. Almost all of the rotations you saw at the team level, um, you know, considered 10, sometimes 11 guys. These are going to shorten to nine, eight and nine uh, as we get into playoff minutes here. So, um, you know, they, they, it is basically a new sport. Anything that was working for you in the regular season, you basically put it on the shelf, put it on the shelf, save it for October, uh, and you you need a, an entirely fresh uh, perspective to to correctly handicap these play and playoffs. Okay, so fascinating because we're going to break it down throughout the week, and of course on Friday the NBA playoff show. Looking forward to these play in games coming up starting tomorrow. Something happened today to all of our listeners. Drew and I will sometimes text with our producer Adam <laughs> before the show of uh, the, the, the games we like and. If, if we get in a little early, I try to bet whatever Drew's betting, especially with the NBA. I'll try to tail him quickly before I jump on the show. But today I gave a play to my producer, and Drew didn't know what I played and gave out the same pick. So I feel really confident. <laughs> I feel really confident. It was the best I felt in a long time, Drew. So Drew liked the under along with me. That's where I'm getting to. Cavs nets under 229 and a half stood out to me. And I was ecstatic to hear Drew also saw some some value on the under, um, partly because the reason I just saw them play on Friday, but also the Cavs are still one of the best defensive teams in the league, and we know this. Brooklyn won on Friday when they met. They covered that eight, but the under 229.5 did come home. It was 118 to 107. And the reason I like this is because after watching that game, A, but also knowing the Cavs play slow and they play great defense, sixth slowest pace in the league, I don't see them switching their game against Brooklyn. I see a similar game plan as they just played on Friday. And every game between the Cavs and Nets this season did go under the total, and it went under 229. I think Cleveland's going to try to slow down the Nets as, as much as they possibly can and play their style. And whether they whether the Brooklyn blows them out, I think the Cavs aren't putting up enough points, or it's a close contested game, which i probably side with because you like the Cavs and the points, and it's a slower pace, lower scoring game. So I took the under 229 and a half. I look forward to seeing where this lands before tip-off tomorrow. But that is my uh, edge of the day today because I do see this heading in one direction, and that is getting yeah. lower. There, there are three possible game states. You could have a close game where they're trading baskets. You could have a game where the Brooklyn Nets are running away from it, like the market would suggest with an eight and a half point spread. Or you could have a game where the Cavaliers are running away with it and have a, a huge lead for a lot of this game. Now, two of those three game states play to the under. The close game or the Nets runaway play to an under. We the just don't only, want the, la the last the situation. The only game state where the Cavs are running away with it, that's the only one that plays to an over. And I got to tell you, of those three possibilities, that's clearly the least likely. <laughs> so I think that uh, you have a lot going for you here. Um, the, you know, the reason that a Nets runaway plays to an under is because the Cavs are going to have to come back and play another game at home. Uh, and I don't think you're going to, you know, you, you will see them, uh, you know, give their, it, it, it will be to their advantage if they are down to by some of their guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. In the fourth quarter, they're not they're You're not going to see full 
uh, full minutes. And, you know, it will be a, a wave the white flag situation if it comes down to that in the last, say, four or six minutes of the fourth quarter. So a um, lot of lot of different uh, angles that support an under here. And I'm glad you went that way. And we have more than 24 hours to continue to break down this game. So more plays on, on this game and the other play-in games for tomorrow. On Bet the Edge tomorrow right here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Hope you had a great Monday, having a great Monday. And thanks for being with us. He's Drew Dinsick. You can find him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. He's a lot better at tweeting people back and getting DMs and answering questions, helping people in the betting space. You can find him there. I'm Sarah Perlman. Thanks for being with us. Best of luck with all of your wagers. And again, be back here tomorrow. Same place, same time, 11 a.m. We'll see you guys then. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.